do that. Uh, all you got to do is just got to get out there. You got to be afraid not to do it. And I'll tell you what, this world, take your Bibles, go to Ecclesiastes. I heard this message a while back, a message, and uh, I stole the points out of it. I thought, I thought, man, that's a good message. And uh, I had a message on it years ago, and I, I pulled it up and started looking at it. And it's amazing what hinders you from doing just like Brother Hunter just did. Or, or anybody. Yeah, I mean, you can do whatever you want to do. I was, uh, yesterday, uh, just across the street over here, I seen a bunch of ambulances, police cars, all kinds of stuff. And there was a lady over there named Lisa that uh, I had talked to before I'd come over here. She came over here two, three, four weeks ago to talk to us, but she went back and never heard nothing about it. And uh, so today, uh, I went over and knocked on the door. Nobody was there. Uh, just so happens that next door, uh, the lady was getting a washer and dryer, a combo thing delivered to her house. And uh, I went over there, and she was there, and the two guys were bringing it in from Home Depot, and uh, they were taking it in the house. And I asked her, I said, hey, you met Miss? Uh, her name was Melanie. I said, do you know anything about Lisa over here? And she goes, yeah. She goes, because uh, here you go. I was talking to Brother Joe, and Brother Joe told me that uh, Brother Rich came up and said that somebody had passed away. So a friend of Brother Rich's had passed away, and they found him. And uh, so it was that that actually happened. But I was thinking it was that over here. So I went over and said, man, I, I need to go find out what happened. And uh, Lisa's in the hospital, so I'm going to go visit her. But uh, in the process of talking to Melanie, I was sitting there talking to her, and these two guys uh, got ready to leave. And she said, hey, did you hook my washer, washer and dryer up? And they go, well, no, you didn't order that part. Uh, you just ordered the washer and dryer. And you said you wanted to deliver it, so you didn't ask us to hook it up. Uh, and then they weren't going to hook it up because they weren't, that we ain't got the stuff or the time to do it. And I looked at her and said, ma'am, I said, you want me to hook that up for you? I said, I probably got the stuff to hook that up for you right now. I said, over the church. She, oh, so you're the pastor of church over here. I said, sure. So uh, I go over here, come over to church and get the stuff, come back over. I, had a, I have cords and cables and all kinds of stuff to hook it up. So I hooked it up for her, got everything set up and got it pushed back in, leveled. And, and I was getting ready to leave and come to find out we were sitting here talking. And she said she's Catholic and I was Catholic. Her name's Melanie, by the way, just uh, if you could keep her in prayer. Uh, but we were sitting there talking, and she was talking about her grandkids. I started talking about my grandkids. And, and she said, you're you driving that black van. I said, yeah. She goes, uh, well, if I see the van over, I should find something tomorrow about Lisa, and I can come and tell you. I said, I got something better for you. So I come out in the uh, van and get a couple tracks. Greatest story ever told, uh, uh, how to get rich. And, and one of these, what, uh, do you know for sure if you died today, you'd go to heaven? And I went to hand them to her, and I pulled that blue one out and said, sis, I said, I said well, you're, you're a Christian. Or you're a Catholic. I said, and I went through the gospel. And Matthew, uh, I said, man, I lead Catholics, Lord, all the time. She wasn't offended one bit. She shouldn't be. I just hooked up her dryer uh, and washed her. So she sat there and let me, we talked for a good 15, 20, 30 minutes. And uh, I asked her, I said, do you know for sure if you died today, you'd go to heaven? She goes, yeah, I think I would. I said, well, what makes you think you would? And she goes, I just read the gospel to her. She goes, well, you know, I'm a good person and I've done good and I've done this and I've done that and I've done this and I've done that. I said, yeah, but didn't I just read to you over in Romans? It says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God will raise him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And did not I ask you if you've ever done that? And she goes, yes. And I said, and you said no? I said, so if you died today, where would you go? She goes, I'd go to hell. I said, well, what do you know about that? And I, we started, we just sit there and talked. And I didn't, I didn't press her. I didn't anything. She had the tracks in her hand. Uh, so we stopped over a few minutes ago on the way in. And, and I had Beth go up and, and she talked to her doorbell. I guess they have one of these. Uh, we got way too much technology going on, brethren. Way, way too much, way too much. Uh, when you can go and ring somebody's doorbell and somebody, you can be out at a soccer game somewhere and you can talk to a doorbell, there is a problem with what we're doing. But that's okay. I mean, if you got to talk to the doorbell, why don't you just stay home and answer the stupid door? But that's okay. Uh, if you got one of those doorbells, I uh, forgive you. Hamadaz, uh, Afifa, Fon Fum, you're done. But uh, she was right on the edge of getting saved, and Beth went up to the door and talked, because I wasn't sure of her name. And so Beth, Beth went up and, and got the name, and we know it's Melanie now. And, and she had talked to her before, and I had talked to her once before at a yard sale over here. And, and uh, she said, now I'm telling you, you want a testimony? She said, man, I sure was glad when y'all's air conditioners were out. And I said, why? She goes, because you used to have the windows open. I'd sit on the front porch over here and listen to y'all sing and, and yeah. preach. That's what I would do. And then y'all got the air, air conditioning fixed, and now I can't hear you. I said, but you can come on Sunday morning. Yeah. I said, we got a, and I started bragging about y'all and the singing y'all do and everything else. Uh, that lady's about that far from getting saved, and I wouldn't be surprised if she doesn't get saved tomorrow. And, and I looked at her when that was all said. And we, I just about relieved. I said, I said ma'am, I said, 
this was no accident that I come over here. I said, because I heard that a man had passed away, and I was going to come over here to see what happened, because I knew Lisa came down here, so I wasn't sure. And now you're telling me Lisa is actually uh, had an issue, and she's in the hospital, but she is, she's okay. She, they are, her boyfriend called and got the ambulance in time, and they took her to the hospital. And she goes, uh, and I'm like, this is no accident. She looked at me and said, you're absolutely right, it's no accident. For all the stuff that had to occur for you to walk into this driveway to hook up my wash and dryer so you could tell me what you just told me, that is not, I said, that's God. I said, and you must be seeking something because he sent somebody here to talk to you. Have you ever thought that Ecclesiastes chapter 3, the wisest man that ever lived on the face of this planet outside of Jesus Christ is, is Solomon. Uh, they don't want to talk about Solomon. Nobody wants to talk about Solomon. Nobody wants to go to the Bible. But yet some, some morons out there, it was uh, groups out there, they sing songs all the time. Uh, they sing songs and they'll use Bible verses all the time and they'll use those so they can get their music out. But when it really comes down to it, they don't want to talk about Solomon. Solomon's the wisest man. God gave him that wisdom. So when you start listening to what Solomon says, sometimes the best thing you do is stop and say, okay, what did he just say? And, and am I applying this stuff to my, I don't care if it is Old Testament. It's just as applicable today as it was. To everything, verse 1, to everything there is a season, uh, a time, uh, to everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Uh, bless the service, bless the, the message here for the next couple of minutes, and Father, we'll praise you on you in Jesus' name. Amen. I hate lying. I just said a couple of minutes, and it probably won't be a couple of minutes. Uh, but that's okay. To everything there's a season. He goes off in the verse 2, says, a time to be born. Uh, there's, a, there's a life and death aspect to Solomon's uh, preaching here, his, his teaching, his, his, his wisdom that he's given us. A time to be born and a time to die. There's, that's exactly what happened here is, is Brother Rich's friend passed away and another one across the street almost did. And there's a time to be born. Both of those were born at a time and everybody in here is born at a time. And there's a time to die. There, there's a point when a man wants to die. And one of these days, that's going to happen to us. Uh, and it's going to happen to somebody around you. It's no new thing. that That's, that's nothing new under the sun. Uh, that's what Solomon said that too. It's a time to die. A time to plant. A time to, to pluck up that which is planted. That means kill it and eat it. You know, that's, that's great stuff, man. You go deer hunting, you, you do that. We got that groundhog in the backyard, man. We got to get rid of that thing. But there's a time to die. It's going to die. A time to kill. Right there it is. It's a time to kill and a time to heal. It's not always, uh, you know, you hear this stuff in the world going on all the time. It's just crazy. A time to kill, time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up. So there's a life and death thing. Uh, life, you, you need to, and I'm, I mentioned up here at the youth rally, I said, you gotta, guys, you got to have a vision on what you're going to do with your life. It goes beyond uh, having a vision with God. Well, it, it actually builds up to that vision that you get to the Lord. If you have no vision on what you want to do in life, you'll never have a vision to do anything for God. God always uses busy people. But sometimes we can get too busy. And there's a, there's a thing there, so there's a balance, a happy balance there. Somewhere you've got to find a happy balance. And, and you've got to watch out. Then there's destruction and harmony, verse, verse 4, a time to weep and a time to laugh. There's a time to cry. There's, uh, the family that lost someone will be crying. Uh, Lisa, there, there's, there'll be mourning there. And over at Lisa, they're, they're worried about her right now, and there'll be mourning there. And, but there's a time to heal. Sometimes people do things, and it's, uh, you go surgeries or whatever. Uh, Brother Joe's healing right now. There's a time to heal. He needs to slow down. Uh, I was talking to him up there, man. It's amazing. Uh, he's, he's sit up there, and he goes, man, he goes, sitting in his apartment up here, I've learned a lot of stuff about me. And he goes, I really messed up my whole life. <laughs> that was funny, man. He goes, my eating, everything. It's amazing what happens when you stop and be still and know that I'm God. It's amazing. It's just amazing. Uh, it says a, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. Now, we don't do the dancing thing. But if you want to dance, do it, do it somewhere else. Do it. It's a holy dance or whatever. I was just reading something Sam Gip wrote, Dr. Gip wrote about dancing. He goes, everybody's dancing. Uh, oh, yeah, here you go. We're all happy because we think this red wave. I don't think there's a red wave. I don't care if it's a blue wave. I really could care less. Uh, they're all going to take everything you have. Uh, they don't care one thing about you on either side. They just care about their business. It's a business venture for them. So why do you even care about that? The Lord never cared about it. Peter and James and John never cared about it. Paul never cared about it. Aquila and Priscilla never cared about it. Apollos never cared about it. Apollos cared about John. And he, when he found out he was wrong about John, he changed that and started preaching Jesus. So when you really get in your Bible, that the, the politics is something 
that destroys what you have. You got to throw that stuff out the window. That stuff ain't no good. There's a profit and loss. It's a time to cast away cast stones, away stones, and a time to gather the uh, stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. Uh, there's a balance in all this stuff. If you're not careful, man, you'll go to one side of that thing, and all of a sudden, your whole life, you'll miss an opportunity like that right there. You'll miss that opportunity because you're too busy to stop. As soon as Brother Joe told me about that, that gentleman dying, Brother Rich, I'm like, man, I said, I wonder if that was across the street. And I stopped what I was doing. I shot across there to find out what was going on. And when I found out, I was, I was happy. I said, I'm not happy she's in the hospital. I'm just happy she's still alive. And I said, I'll but it gave me an opportunity to talk to her, Melanie. And now she's right on the edge. Of, she, when she said, I guess I'm going to hell, I said, she got it, man. I said, sis, in your hands right now are all the material you need to get saved. And I took that little blue track and opened it up, and I said, right here's the plan of salvation. This is everything I just told you. And Beth talked to her, and she said, yeah, come on, y'all come over tomorrow, and, and uh, I'll tell you about Lisa. So we're going to go over, and I'm going to preach at her. Y'all keep her in prayer. I want her to get saved. But there's a time, there's a, there's a time of profit and loss, and, and sometimes you lose, sometimes you gain. That's what life is all about. Uh, win and lose, winning and losing is, is not something that you should get all frustrated about uh, anyways. I mean, if you lose, who cares? You lost. If you win something, who cares? You win. It's all going to stay here anyways. But sometimes we'll let this stuff get in our ways. And then there's conflict and passion, a time to rend, a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, and a time of war and a time of peace. I, the title of this message uh, that I preached many years ago uh, were six things that never changed. And I'm going to hit those six real quick, but that's not the message. There's some things that never change no matter what you do. And, and the Bible's the one you got. This thing right here is one of the most important things you'll ever have in your life. And I, I cannot say it enough. There's no possible way. This thing is what will make you uh, the person you want to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. And it won't help you much with the world, but boy, it'll sure start a fellowship with Jesus Christ. And this thing will give you some peace inside. So when you go through the trials and tribulations of life, you'll come out of that thing calmly. What most people do is they don't come out common. They don't know how to do it. Here's the answer right here. Here's your Bible. Uh, it says, the words of God are pure words as silver tried in the furnace of earth purified seven times. I mean, he's, he done told you. He said, this thing is it. If you want it, I'll give you the answer. Number two, uh, the work of the Holy Spirit never changes. Uh, he has different functions in the Old Testament as he does the New Testament. As he does tribulation as he will the millennium. But in our age right now, he's, he's out to win souls. He's out to save souls. He's out to redeem us to bring us to salvation. And when, when a person trusts him, he seals us unto the day of redemption, and we're done. The Holy Spirit is here to guide and direct us, comfort us, uh, to teach us, to do all kinds of stuff, to bring us uh, our prayer life. Sometimes, you know, you get down and you start praying. I'm going to get into some of that in a few minutes. But you get down and start praying, you don't know what to pray. You need to sometimes just shut up and just, just sit there. But we don't do it. We don't do it. Uh, the wiles of the devil never change either. Uh, he's out to get you and me and everybody else he can. It's just not Christians he's after. Actually, he's after the whole world. Uh, so what you need to do is say, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's after me. I know he's after me, and I need to do something about it. And I could go on through a bunch of them verses on that, but I'm not going to. The wages of sin never change. The wages of sin uh, brings death. That's what it does. Uh, if, if the payment for the wages of sin is death, uh, and the gift, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That, the wages of sin never did. Salvation never changes. What a blessing that is. I got saved in 1980 on a back porch in Louisville, Kentucky, and I'm still saved 43 years later. I, I mean, I could sit here yesterday, today, and tell that lady over there uh, my experience. I said, I was Catholic too, man. I said, we're the same. I said, I'm going to tell you something. And I said, I know exactly what you're thinking. She goes, what? And I went right through the gospel. I said, you believe this, don't you? She goes, yes, I do. I said, you believe Jesus Christ lived 2,000 years ago, don't you? She goes, yes. I said, you believe that he died on a cross 2,000 years ago? And she goes, yes. I said, you believe you're a sinner, don't you? She goes, yes. I said, you believe that they buried him in a tomb? She goes, yes. I said, you believe he rose from the grave three days later? She goes, yes. I said, you believe that he's in heaven right now? She goes, yes. I said, you're almost a Baptist. <laughs> I said, did you get that man pretty soon? You won't even have to go to some St. Aloysius or Ascension or whatever church. You can come right across the street. I said, I'm a Catholic too. I said, I'm a Captist or a Catholic. I said, I don't know what I am. I'm a saved Christian. Amen. I said, I haven't sold you nothing. I said, you, you believe everything I just said? She said, yes. Then I took it right over to Romans. 
And I said, have you ever sit down somewhere and trust and ask Jesus to save your soul? Sitting down, standing up, kneeling down. I don't care what you, she goes, no, I've never have. I said, you know how many Catholics I've talked to? And they, they said the exact, only one guy in my entire life has said that he, he was saved when I got to that point. And I called him a liar. I said, wait a minute, I can't call you a liar. I said, I need to find out, first of all, how did you get there? And a priest led him to the Lord. I'm like, that's even worse. <laughs> I said, the priest is a liar. I said, but who cares, man? I don't care how you got saved as long as you know you're saved and that's what matters. But this lady over here, I'll tell you what, you know what, there's a time for salvation. Salvation is eternal. I don't ever have to worry about somebody sitting down. Somebody says, do you believe this? Yep. Do you believe this? Yep. Do you believe this? Yep. Where are you going to go when you die? Heaven. I like it when I got saved people around me. You know your testimony matters. You're talking to a lost person and you got saved people around you. You can stop right there and say, hey, tell me your testimony. You ought to always be able to tell your testimony just like that. I mean, just like, drop it a dime. You never know when somebody's going to do it. They need it. You need to drop that thing just like that. I got saved, blah, blah, blah. I've had people come up to me. I, I've, I've picked up the phone before. Is this Brother Elliot got saved on the back porch of Louisville, Kentucky in 1980? I'm like, that's a good testimony, man. Can you tell me the rest of that? <laughs> yeah, you should. They should know your testimony. If they don't, there's something wrong. There's something wrong with what you have. You know what? There's a time. There's a time for all this. But, however, salvation. And there's a time with God dealing with people. And Malachi says, I, for I am the Lord, uh, for I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob, tell me the, the nation of Israel, are not consumed. God never changes. He's the same today as he was yesterday. He'll never change. He does have a heaven. He does have a hell. And he's going to put people there. Both people. You choose whether you go. The lady across the street, she needs to make a choice. To go to heaven or hell. But hell's, hell's a real place. There's no purgatory. There's nothing in between. Take your, I'm going to go back to that, that uh, section right there where I was at and, and look at verse 7. Ecclesiastes 3, 7. I want to look at just a passage here. A time to rend, a time to sow, a time to keep silence. I heard that and I thought, man, that's, you know, that's, that's, there's sometimes we just need to learn to be quiet. People say, well, I don't think I should tell nobody about Jesus Christ because I don't want to. Now, that's not the time. That's the wrong time. That, that's the wrong reason. That's cowardice. That's, you're afraid. You're, you're worried you're going to lose something. Uh, there is a time to lose something. There's a time to gain. Uh, you should not, when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ, you should never worry about keeping silent. But, boy, there's some times in our lives where we need to just be quiet. Because we think we know everything, and we don't know most of anything, really. If, you really, if Solomon is the wisest man in the world, that, and the Lord gave him the wisdom right from him, and he says there's a time to be silent, sometimes it needs to be, you need to be silent. Uh, the, world, the world is in constant conflict. You're talking about conflict, ain't even the word for it. I, I, can't, I can't even, I get sick listening to radio, but I do listen to it because I'm, I'm a moron, I guess. But you sit there and listen to it, and all they want to do is fight, 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 fight. They just launched, Beth was sitting there, because my wife is, my wife is a, a, she's addicted to the Fox News. Y'all pray for her. She really needs to get saved. Uh, she, I mean, she's, she's got, if you don't have Fox News, I, when I turn her, she hates PCs now, but I have to set it up for her so when it turns on, it immediately comes to Fox News. Uh, so that way she doesn't have to go find it. She knows right where it's at, and she reads it. So she's reading about the USS Gerald Ford. It's a Navy ship, by the way. $13 billion ship. The typical carrier when I was in the Navy, and I'm talking about the John F. K., all these big ones, was three or four billion. This thing now is $13 billion, and it's just going to get worse. And it just got underway. Well, they, they said this thing was built under Donald Trump, and he, did, and he just said, you know, it just don't look right. The carrier don't look right, because the, the towers toward the back uh, the conning towers way, way toward the back of the, the typical carriers out in the middle here somewhere. And he just made a comment. And they sitting there slamming Donald Trump. And here's a $13 billion carrier that protects you and your nation getting underway right now with 28 other ships and four submarines and all this other stuff. And all the news can do is, is blast him. And one side will blast him and the other side will blast them. And they'll blast each other back and forth. And you know what that is? Just noise. Amen. You know what white noise is? It's not racist, by the way. <laughs> That's white noise. If you look at a, at a spectrum analyzer and you go across a 500 meg bandwidth, like I used to all the time, and you look at a satellite, uh, what you do is you see the noise floor. The noise floor is just noise. Background, you know when the sun gets around the back of a satellite, it'll drown the satellite signal out. 
We used to have blackouts all the time because at certain times of the year, the satellite was sitting in just the right spot. So when the earth rotated and, and did its thing and the sun got in between that satellite and the earth, then, well, it didn't get in between satellite and earth, but it got the, behind the, the satellite and the satellite was between the earth and the noise level, you could watch it, you could watch it start increasing. And you could have a great signal on that satellite like that. And that noise floor would go, and it drowned it out. You know what drowns out your thinking? Noise. Noise, noise, noise. Can't stand noise. Noise will get you, man, every single time. How can you think when you have noise going on all the time? Sound, you know, you need silence. Sometimes you just need silence. The first weather, weather. Uh, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I know I'm going to get it right now. I could, well, I'm going to have to go away from this. I don't care what happens in Africa. I don't really care if they have a dust storm. Uh, California, I mean, people come up, we need to pray for California. God, I don't care if it's burning. It should burn off the map. I mean, that's just the way I'm thinking. I could be wrong. Probably am, but, but I mean, everything from the, the, from the uh, not the Rocky Mountains, but the, well, you could probably do the Rocky Mountains over too. But uh, from the, whatever that, uh, what's that Rocky, the, who? What? No, no, no. What's that other Rocky, the other mountain range out there? Sierra Nevadas. Yeah, from the Sierra Nevadas that way, it could all burn up. Now, Brother Dave probably don't like that because he might have some support out there. But, hey, I'm telling you, man, I mean, when sin is so prevalent and all you hear is this noise, the idiocy of this stuff, got to have all electric cars. Everything's coming out of California. Got to have all electric cars. But, but don't charge your cars because we don't have no electricity. All of Europe, I mean, it's, if you listen to anything and you, you have to laugh about it, if you think about that stuff, you won't ever go across the street, and, and, and that's just somebody right across the street. You won't go to jail. You won't have somebody who you witnessed to years ago and got saved in 19, 2015 that say, hey, Brother Elliot came in. You won't have that because all you care about is all the stuff you're listening to. Europe is dying for gas. We got more gas than you can. We got enough gas, they say, the last 10,000 years. I don't know if that's true or not because we ain't going to be here 10,000 years. Probably do since we're not going to be here that long. But, but I'm telling you, we got more gas, and we won't send it to them. And gas is cleaner than anything on the planet. It doesn't affect the greenhouse, and they won't do it. Why won't they? Because it's just no. one fight against another fight, and all it is is noise. Man, I tell you what, you know what I like about the Bible? Be still. War. China's going to blow us up. Good. <laughs> the sooner the better. We'll start. We'll be gone. I'll be gone. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'll be in heaven. Uh, they're going to go after Taiwan. I don't care about Taiwan. I mean, I really don't care about Cuba. You say, oh, oh, I really don't like Nassau. I just was there. I'm, there's all kinds of things I just don't care about. I don't really care about Columbus, and I don't care about Indianapolis. You know what I care about is Dayton. I care about you guys, man. If I don't stop here, I'm going to really get in trouble. Uh, weak economies. Oh, I'm going to lose my 401K. You know I've got some money in something. I don't know what it is. It's in a, a pension. I don't know if I lose everything or not, but I don't really care. I didn't know it was there before it was there, and I, if it goes away, I mean, all I did was know it was there, and I didn't. It's, it, I don't know. It just doesn't. Why do I care whether I'm, I'm surviving? I'm eating. I'm still trying to lose weight. I've done eight too much anyways. I mean, why would you care? But you know what it is? It's a time of silence. Silence is one of those things where you just, there's a time to be silent. And we're, what the world is doing is they're throwing everything at you. I, I like Brother Pilkington. He preached that message on, uh, listen, now if you listen to sermons, don't take this wrong. But if you're listening to 200 sermons a week, you got a problem. Because there's no possible way you could, you could absorb that amount of material and understand what all those preachers said. You'd be better off to take one message a week and listen to that thing 47. You can listen to mine, by the way. No, I'm just joking. But find a message in there that actually did something for you and play that sucker over and over again and over and over again and glean on that thing until you get exactly what God wanted you out of that thing. Because when you walk away, what you're going to do is you're going to say, I got it, man. This is what I it has to change your life. I think Brother Pritchard when, or Pilkington, when he preached here the other day, he preached seven or eight messages. And all of them, if you listen to them, would change your life. The question is, is do you want your life changed? Amen. That's the key. Nobody can make you change your life. Here's a guy in the jail. 2015, I led him to the Lord. That's seven years ago, he's still in jail. Now he's in Greene County Jail. That means he's been in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. He's not in the penitentiary. He's in Greene County Jail. 
Was he in Greene County Jail from the penitentiary or back in and out, in and out? There you go. So how that happened? They sent him back here to try him again or something? Or they let him out and he gets in trouble again. I'm telling you what, the whole thing is just crazy stuff. The importance of silence. You need to be, you need, you need to be quiet. Yeah, have you ever thought about that? Uh, go, to, go to Luke. Oh, man, here's this is a great passage. Luke, Luke, Job, Job, all of them, man. The definite, oh, man. Y'all go, the, y'all go to Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read a, a thing in, in uh, Proverbs. D- David, or Psalms. David, Psalm uh, 83. David is amazing. If you look up a word, and I'll, I'll show you the word here in just a second. 83, I got to get there myself so it looks like I at least know something. 83, y'all in Luke 2, but in, in uh, Psalm 83, he says this in verse 1 to 3, he says, Keep not uh, thou silence, O God. God should be the one doing the talking most of the time. Hold not thy peace, be, uh, and be not still, O God. For lo, thine enemies make a tumult. You know what the definition of tumult is? Disorderly uh, agitation or milling about of a crowd usually with uproar and, and confusion of voices. I seen a concert the other night, and I, it's, I don't even know what you, I don't even know if it's a concert. I don't know what it was. Uh, it was some guy with tattoos all over him, yelling and screaming, almost like preaching, yelling and screaming, but the multitudes of the crowd, I mean, there, there had to be 100,000 people there. And when I sit there and look at it, I said, Lord, how in the world could we possibly combat that? He said, you're not supposed to. He said, the problem is, is, that is out there, and there's nothing you can do about it. You know what you want? You want the one across the street. That's the one you want. You don't want, you don't want the thousands. I mean, if, if they eventually will get there, maybe, and maybe someday when, when they're out of that crowd and the, the tumult is no longer there and you got one by itself, maybe you can talk to them and get to them, but you're not going to do that in the crowd. People say, I'm going to go in a bar and I'm going to preach. That's the worst place to preach. All you're doing really at that point is just showing that you're going to stand up against them. Nine chances out of ten, you're not going to have an effect on a drunk person. If there's 25 drunks in there and they're all, if you, one stirs the mess up, it's going to be a mess. I remember me and another preacher was preaching out at Deb's bar. And, and he was up in the back of the truck preaching, street preaching at the bar. And it was Halloween and Frankenstein came out. He was really looking like Frankenstein. Big old guy, square head and everything. And he was going to climb up in the truck and beat the guy up. And I had to, I'm like, why couldn't I have been preaching and let him down there going for me? You know, no, no, I had to be the one on the ground. And I had to get between Frankenstein and this guy preaching. And I'm like, yo, you can't get up there. I want to get out You know, I'm going to grab him by those little things that bolts in his neck and yank him down. But uh, you know what I learned right there? I said, man, there's a lot of places you can go that you're just not going to really have an effect on. You're going to irritate them. Sometimes it's good to be silent. And, and, but there's other times when you need to be out there. But disorderly agitation. That's what this world does. Silence is a place, though, when, when uh, Solomon is talking about uh, being silent, the Bible says, be still and know that I'm God. Just be quiet. You know why we don't pray like we should? You can't stand the silence. You can't stand it. Because as soon as you do, your brain starts running. And they'll say, oh, you got ADHD. Uh, Brother Pilkington and Andrew and we was all sitting at dinner one day, and they were all talking about their diseases. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I said, I got every one of them they all got. I said, I am messed up, man. I'll never make it. I said, thank God I'm 65 years old. I only got about another five years to survive. I said, man, if I had to go through the whole life knowing that I got what they got, I said, man, I'd shoot myself. I mean, this ADHD thing is, is you know what I think it is? And me and Beth was talking about it on the way over here. I think young kids, and Andrew was in the back of the car, I think a lot of times kids are so intelligent that we aren't helping them get their, an out in their lives. And they're sitting there, they're just, their brains are about to explode in their little heads. You know what they need to do? They need to go play instruments. They need to play violins and cellos. They need to learn how to use their hands. They need to, baseball, basketball might be okay. I don't know. Running down through, that's a, that's a talent, trying to dribble a ball and run at the same time. I always had a problem with that. Uh, I still have a problem with that. I still have a problem with just walking. But I'm telling you what, it's, they need to do something to do and, and burn that stuff off. No, these chemicals are just building up in their body. Then they give you more drugs. You know all that does? It keeps you just agitated all the time. You have to get to a place where you can be alone with God. Some of the best times, man, I, I got one time when I was driving across 80 over in Pennsylvania, coming back from California. This was years ago, man. I'll never forget that in my life. 
I'm sitting there just driving down the road, and I'm just sitting there talking about the Lord, talking to the Lord, talking to the Lord. And it's like he came and sit right next to me. And it just, I mean, spiritually, it felt like that, that car just filled full of smoke, and I couldn't see the road no more. And I was getting so giddy inside, man. I mean, I wasn't saying nothing. I was just sitting there talking to him in my mind. And it was like, oh, I said, you got to stop this. I'm going to blow up. And he went away. Just poof, it was gone. You say, what was that? That was the Lord getting so close to him at that particular moment. I didn't have a lot of those. But that particular moment right there, I thought I was going to blow up in the side of that car. They was going to find me on the side of the road in 80 somewhere, just red all over the inside of the car where I exploded. I've never done that in a crowd shouting and screaming. It's always been in a place where it was quiet and peaceful. And me and him was together. I was driving uh, back to Norfolk, Virginia, a 12-hour drive. Uh, on the way over there, I passed this guy on the expressway. I'm just sitting there talking to the Lord. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This little voice goes in my head and says, pick that guy up. Mm-hmm. I just passed him up, Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm doing 65, 80. Well, I'm probably doing 80. I said, I'm doing 65. I'll, I'll keep it in, within the limits. Uh, I was doing 65, 70, maybe, 72. And I, was, I, I said, Lord, man, there ain't another exit. You know, For 15, we'll go back. I'm like, Lord, go back. I said, okay. So I get down there. I said, he won't be there when I get back. He won't be there. I mean, we're talking half hour, 45 minutes. Somebody will already pick him up. I go down, turn around, come back, and as I do, there's this break in the, between the mountains in between the two roads, and there's that sucker over there walking. <laughs> I'm like, I said, don't worry about it. I got another 15 minutes. got to go that way. Come back around. He's going to be gone. I get back, and he's still there. I pull over and pick that guy up. I try to buy him McDonald's. I try to do it. He looks like a bum. He looks like one of these guys on the side of the road will work for food. But this guy was a real guy, and I'm sitting there. I tried to give him money, tried to do everything. He didn't want nothing. And we got over to, uh, I forget the name, 81 or something going up north, and he was going to go south. I was going to go north, and he said, you can stop and let me out right here. I stopped and let him out, and I'll never know in a million years if that was not an angel or not until I get to heaven. But you know where you listen? People say, don't pick up hitchhikers. Now, I'm not telling you to pick up hitchhikers. I picked up one one time, and he was a faggot. And no, he picked me up and he was a faggot. And I told him, if you don't let me out of here, you're going to be a dead faggot. But it could be wrong. But that was way, way back when the statute of limitations, like Joe said the other night, is, is over. <laughs> but I'm telling you, man, it's sometimes the best thing you can ever do is just be quiet. And if you can't find some place to get quiet, you're going to have a problem. When he says right here, is, and he says, a time to keep silence, Job's friends. Job's friends come in, and they, now I'll tell you, there's a, there's a right silence and a wrong silence. All three of his friends came in, and it said they said, go over to Job chapter. I'll, I'll be, I can be done here in just a second. Job, Job, oh, man, it's a great book. Every, this whole book is a good book. You love your book? I love my book, man. This thing's, you know this thing has got me through 43 years of life? And that always been the greatest thing in the wide world. But it's just one of those areas, man, where you're sitting there and you're reading your Bible. And it's like, this is just great, man. And uh, Job is sitting here and, and he's going through it. I mean, he's going through it. Uh, you know, Nehemiah don't look like Job. I really am sorry about that. Uh, Job chapter 3. Job, Job, actually go to, it's 2, in the end of 2, uh, verse 11. It says, now when Job's three friends heard... Of all of this evil, you know, sometimes we want to help everybody. And sometimes helping is just not the right thing to do. Uh, and, he, and in this case right here, it says, Now when Job's three friends heard all the evil that was come upon him, they came, everyone from his own place, Eliphaz, the Temanite, and Bildad, the Shuhite, and Zophar, the Na- uh, Namathite. Uh, for they had made an appointment together to come to mourn with him. Uh, and to comfort him. I'd like to say this, first of all, before we go any further, if they made an appointment, they let some time go by before they ever got there. So they let him suffer by himself for a little while. Uh, they go, well, you know, we got, a, we got family matters to take care of and food and everything else. No, you should have got it and left right there, and you they should have came in one by one, but they didn't. He says, and they lifted up their uh, eyes afar off and knew him not, and lifted up their voices and wept, and they rent every one his mantle and sprinkled dust upon their heads, Toward heaven, so they sat down with him upon the ground seven days and seven nights, and none spake a word unto him, for they saw that he was in uh, his grief was very great. Go over to 40, 42. And then they start talking. You know, sometimes you don't have anything to say. The best thing to do is just don't say nothing. Those guys, man, they started talking, and they started without prayer. You never hear one of them praying. Hey, brother, let's pray about this thing. 
Not a one of them was praying. You get on to 42, it says, uh, uh, verse 7. And it was after that that Job already had the conversation with the Lord, and the Lord's talking to Job, and Job's feeling pretty good about himself, even with boils and ashes and everything else. Verse 7, it says, And it was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, that the Lord said to Eliphaz, the Temanite, My wrath is kindled. Now, when you get God's wrath kindled against you, you're in trouble. Uh, he said, My wrath is kindled against thee, and against thy two friends, for ye have not spoken of me the things that is right, as my servant Job hath. They talked for 42 chapters, man. Or actually 38. They got up to 32 chapters. And Job was going back and forth with each and every one of them. And he said, you didn't one time. You'd been better to shut your mouth and not say a word. You know, sometimes we try to give advice, but our advice is wrong. Amen. It has to be in the Lord. If, if those guys, I, I put a little note here for myself. They started talking without prayer. Prayer is a very important thing. If you know how to keep silent, you'll keep yourself out of trouble. You know what's wrong with most people? You don't pray. If you would sit down and learn how to be quiet and be still, know that I am God, and just have fellowship with him, 99% of your problems will go right away. Uh, they continued talking without prayer. You didn't hear one of them down through. said, let's pray about this thing first, Job. Oh, Father, Job, my brother Job is in big. No, you don't see one of them doing that through this whole conversation. 30, 30, or 20, 32 chapters, 30 chapters, first you don't count. You don't hear them say anything. They finished without prayer. They'd have been better to be silent. The, the Lord responded to their error. The Lord will respond to our error. Amen. There is an error. There's an error here. He didn't write that story and put it in the Bible for us not to uh, heed that warning. You know, when you start something, there's a place where you ought to just get, get along with God. You want, a, you want a job? I think you ought to get along with God and say, Lord, show me what to do. And don't be afraid to take it. It's just because, you know, the whole world is wicked. I don't care what you do. Now, you go into Kroger's, people say, well, I wouldn't go in a bar. I wouldn't go in a restaurant that has a bar. Okay, well, you go in Kroger's and they got a whole beer all over the place over there. Well, yeah, but I don't go across to that side of the building. <laughs> then don't go in the building at all, man. Go to, go to, uh, and you can't even go into Cracker Barrel anymore. They don't serve beer. I mean, they serve something in there. Every place you go, you know what the world, the world is wicked. If you don't know that, it's just wicked. And it's getting worse all the time. I like it, man. I, th I think it's, it's a great place. You know what it is? It's a great place for you to serve Jesus Christ. But sometimes you just got to be quiet. That is the, 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 I had a little note here. Let me write my notes down before I get too far because if I don't, I'm going to mess, mess this thing up. Job, Job, the, the importance, the importance of silence. You gotta have, it's got to be important to you. We don't, we don't make, we make time for everything else. I was talking to that lady across the street, and she has 14 grandkids. I said, oh, God. I said, I got four. I said, if all five of mine have three, I'm going to have 15. I said, it could get worse than that. We had five. Each of the five had five, then that's 25. <laughs> and I said, and I didn't like taking them nowhere anyways, like to ball games or none of that stuff. And now there's going to be grandkids, and they're going to want me to come to the grandkids stuff. And, and, I, and this lady's just, and tonight she went to the, the talking to the doorbell because she was out soccering. Soccer grandma, I mean, it's like, this thing is going to get worse. And I see y'all look at me, you're so mean and hard. Where's the Lord at in, in any of this stuff? Where's the time spent with him? It's more important to spend. Moses goes up on the side of the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights, and he gets up there and he turns, starts glowing and stuff. See, we just don't want to glow. But he's up there glowing. And he comes down, and, and Joshua's with him. You know what Joshua wanted? He wanted to glow too, but Joshua never, you never heard him glow. Glowed like Moses did. Moses is face to face. This is a different kind of glow, I guess. You got special glow. You got to be there. Uh, you got to be on top of the mountain talking to a burning bush that never burns up. And maybe he got too close to the bush and it kind of singed him. I have no idea. And then he goes on to, and everything just keeps burning him. And pretty soon it's just a burn beyond burn. You can't get it. And he just glows all the time. But Joshua comes down with him and said, they hear a noise, a noise of battle in the camp. You know what they're doing? They're all down there going to a rock concert. They're all down there partying. I tell you what, social being so social media, isn't it amazing the names they give something? If you're a social person, that is going to be a detriment to you. I've got a, I've got a network. You know, networking, that's what they tell all the business people, you got a network. That means you got to spend, that's a devil ploy, man. I can spend all my time networking at it. Why? So you can make money. That's it. Doug. Come on, let's get this money, 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 money. My uncle, when I went in the Navy. 
smart man. He's passed away now. But he said, Mike, why do you want to go in the Navy? He was more gracious than I was. I would have said, you wicked devil, you're going in the Navy. Don't you know how wicked that place is? He never said nothing like that. He goes, Mike, why do you want to go in the Navy? He's Southern Baptist. So he did this. Now, now, if you want to join the Navy, please come down today to the altar. And if you want to join, be baptized, or you want to join the church, or if you want us to pray for you. I mean, he had all that stuff down, man. He could just do it. But he, he, I mean, I was sitting in his office talking to him, and he goes, Mike, why do you want to go in the Navy? I said, because I've wanted to since I was 12. He goes, but why? I said, so I can get a job, and I can get a trade. He goes, but why? I said, so I can make more money. He stopped right there. Because you know what? He knew that man was wiser than what I thought he was. He knew that when I said money, that right there was going to be the clincher. I got plenty right now. I don't need no more. I got, I got enough to get me through every day. I got enough that makes Beth mad because she thinks I'm spending way too much, but I got enough to recover from where I spend, and, and it, it makes her okay. I'm, I'm like right there, man. I, I can go both ways. Like I'm like right in the window, and I, I, I encroach over the sides of those windows every now and then. But I know how to make lots of money. I don't want to make lots of money. You know why? Because lots of money makes, takes your time. It does mine. I don't know about yours. You may have figured this thing out a lot more. It takes your time. You know what I'm here to do is to go across the street and try to tell, find what happened to somebody and in the process tell somebody else about Jesus. That's what I'm here for. I have more fun doing that than anything. I'm telling you, anything, anything. I, I have more fun than preaching. That's more fun to me, going to the jails, and I don't get to do it because he, he has all these people in the jail. I mean, pretty soon you got 47 people. Well, he don't ever have that kind of problem, but used to, man. I mean, you only got one floor. We had three floors there. It was all men. Then the women encroach. It's like putting women on ships, man. It's the worst thing in the whole wide world for our jail because now they take two floors, and we only get one. It's like two going to the bathroom at the same time. I still haven't figured that thing out, but they do. Sounds, the importance, the sounds. You know what the sound of of, of of silence is those seven guys sitting there for a week just looking at Job, mourning for him, just quiet. That's, that's all that is, just quietness, quietness. David, David did that too. David, uh, Daniel, how about Daniel? Be, uh, he, Nebuchadnezzar told him the dream of that tree. and says Daniel was astonished for an hour. He couldn't even talk. Because the Lord had downloaded some stuff into his little mind. And I say little, I'm gracious. I mean, his, that guy had it. He had it walk with. Daniel was loved by God. And when he heard what was getting ready to happen to a wicked king, that guy was tore up. Because he, know God, he knew God put him underneath him. And he said, king, oh, king. After one hour, he said, oh, king, this, this is to you. This is to you. You know why Daniel was beloved? Take your Bibles, go over to Daniel 10. If you can find it, I'll be done here in just a second. Silence. The sound of it, the sound of it, man. You want the sound of silence? God, the sound of silence isn't just no noise, absence of noise. But you're never going to get that, man. This world is full of noise. Noise, noise, noise. Everywhere you go is noise. On a ship, I, I, I used to tell them all the time, it was the funniest thing in the wide world. I had a chain locker sitting there, and it dropped the chain, and just, I mean, you can't even imagine the sound, the deadening sound of chain links this big around. I mean, one right after the other, and they're twist. So every other one is, is uh, 90, uh, 180 out of the other one, or maybe 90 degrees. And, and then it goes around a big thing, but it drops in, in the chain locker, or it's coming out of the chain locker, and it's a piece of pipe about this big around, and it rattling up through there, and I would sleep right through that. You know, after a while... The noise gets so loud that you get used to it. And you can't hear, you can't hear for the deafening of the sound. I had it right next to that chain locker, that chain pipe was a ballast pump, and the ballast pump was bigger than this pulpit. And what it would do is it'd pump water into a tank right next to the side of the ship so the ship could sink in the water. It's supposed to sink. And it goes down so far, and the Marines do all this stuff, and fill it, uh, it'd pump it back out. Those two would go off usually simultaneously because as you're dropping anchor, you're dropping the ship so the Marines could do their thing. And so all that stuff happens. Both of those would go off, and I would snore right through. My snoring was probably louder than those two. And I'm telling you, that was deafening. I had this little blue clock about this big. About that big. And it'd go beep, beep, beep. And it would, I mean, I'd hit my head on the bed when that thing went off. You know what that was? That was my little ear saying, if you don't get up, that this thing goes beep, 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 you're going to be standing before the captain, and he's going to bust you because you're supposed to be on watch 15 minutes early, and you better get out of bed. And that thing, all the other stuff, wouldn't. I got used to it. 
You get used to all the noises and everything else. You know what this world does? It, it deafens your ear to the word of God. You've got to find some place where you can get quiet. You can go get quiet. Daniel chapter 10. Daniel is sitting here and says, In the third year of Cyrus, uh, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar. And the thing was true, but the uh, time appointed was long. And he understood that the thing, uh, understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. He wasn't good for anything for three weeks. He was just mourning. He says, I see what's going to happen way out there in the future. I'm mourning. Do you mourn about what's going on in this world? Do you care? Do you care? Everything that we get is staying here. I'm not saying don't get money. I'm not saying don't, don't make what. I'm not saying that. I'm saying what do you care about? Because if that's all you care about, you're going to miss everything. Daniel's mourning for three weeks because he sees something's going to happen in the future and all hell's going to break loose on the world in three weeks, in, in 30, 40, 300 years, 3,000 years, something like that. He sees that and he starts mourning for three, three full weeks. It says, uh, I ate no pleasant bread, neither came uh, flesh nor wine into my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all till the three weeks were fulfilled. And in the four and twentieth day of the first month, as I was uh, by the side of the great river, which is Hittikil, then I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man. And then he gets, a, he gets an answer. You know what silence is sometimes? God shows you something, and you just shut up. And you let the thing build up to a, it becomes a burden. And then you sit there and say, Lord, what is this thing? Our country is full. I'm, I'm going to talk about churches. Our country are full of churches that all they want is to be hyped up. For what? If, if that was true and it was working, our churches would be full. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. If Paul, Paul was the greatest Christian in the world, and he ended up by himself with Luke only, something is wrong with everybody else. I just don't want to be wrong with me. And I really don't want it to be wrong with you. You know what we need to do? We need to shut up. We need to learn to be still and know that I'm God. The results, I'm telling you what, the results go far, far, far. Daniel got a prophecy. Daniel was revealed some stuff. Job got to talk to God. Jesus is going to come back one day and take us out of here. And then, you know what? All heaven, you talking about Silence. His coming back is one of the most important things that's ever happened to us. And you get, go to Revelation, I think, yeah, Revelation, I think it's Revelation, it's in Revelation. It is. Give me a second, give me a second. Oh, man, 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 I might have it right here. 8-1. I got a note, I got a note. 8-1. And I saw, verse 8, 1, and when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of a half an hour. The Lord's getting ready to come back. Now, when you listen in all the other things, they're praising God, the entire heavens, all of a sudden, when Jesus stands up, it goes quiet. Everybody's watching. He just stood up. And it says for half an hour, multitudes, 10,000, you go and read Jude, Thousands and ten thousands of angels shut up. I mean, just silent on the net. He's getting ready to go do something that he's going to destroy uh, countless numbers of lives because of their refusal to listen. You know what all the problem all them people was? The noise. They got they got caught up in this thing called life, and and all of a sudden a hip. And you listen to the news, and you listen to what you got to do this, you got to make sure you, you got to spend to have an active 401k, you have to know every single thing you're putting your money in. That takes time. You know, I never did that. You can say, well, Mike, you're stupid. Eh, maybe so. But I'm happy at 65. I don't really care. And I said, and I'm still fat. I still got 18 pounds I need to lose. 17 now. I still got 17 I need to lose. And I'm still happy. And I got all the wood I need to burn over there. You know, sitting there, I, I got a log splitter. Makes all, you say, well, silence. No, you know, splitting wood is sometimes, is this quiet, it's peaceful. You take something God made and destroy it so you can burn it. 
And I, I kept saying, BTUs, BTUs. And I'd see this gnarly piece of wood, and I'm like, don't care, it's BTUs. This is, and I'm sitting there, Lord, I said, thank you for this wood. Thank you for this stack of wood. Thank you, I had to move it over here, and I got to move it over there. Thank you for the, you know what it did? It kept me out of a lot of trouble. Lots of trouble, man. I'll I tell you what, you know what? We're too busy, and we miss the hand of God in our lives. And there's always a result. There's results in your life. If in your life right now, you do not have peace of God to pass all understanding. That lady across the street, she's so busy her whole life, she's still lost. Still undone. I'm going to try to resolve that problem for her. Help her anyways resolve it. But you know what the whole problem is in us? We'll get you'll, your life. I like that guy said the, the most valuable thing you have in your life is a second. You can never buy it back. No amount of money can get it back. When you waste that second, you wasted a second God gave you. Now, I'm saying that at 65, I'm learning a lot of stuff, too. And I, I'm change, trying to change some things, but I don't want to waste it. I don't want to waste it. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Help us to learn how to be silent. Lord, being silent sometimes is the most important thing. Uh, Lord, there was all kinds of other points there Solomon had. But, Lord, he said there is a time to be silent, and there is. There's a time to, to get to you, Lord, to where we can uh, sit down and talk to you. And his, Job's three friends were right, Lord, to sit down and see that for uh, for the seven days that they sit down, they just sit there and watched him. But, Lord, once they come out of that silence, there's some things that they missed. And, Lord, they didn't bring it to you and, and lay it at the throne. You said come boldly into the throne of grace. And sometimes, Lord, when we get there, uh, we just need to bow our heads and be quiet. And just listen, Lord, to what you, the Holy Spirit tells us. Uh, Lord, help us to, the Lord, just, we're in the most, one of the most uh, crucial times, I believe, in history. Uh, Lord, we're, we're going to see some things that uh, other Christians never got a chance to see. And, Lord, I think we're going to see the rapture happen in our lives, my lifetime. I think it's going to happen in my lifetime. It's just getting uh, more and more complicated as the day goes on. But let, help us to not listen to what the world has to say, Lord, but help us to listen to what you have to say, that small, still voice that's in our hearts. Uh, Lord, help us to hear that, and, Lord, help us to get through. Lord, there's still a lot of young people. I, I pray for Melanie across the street, Lord, that you just uh, touch her heart. Lord, I pray that she'd read those tracts, and, Lord, that she'd get saved. Uh, Lord, I pray she, if she's not saved tonight, Lord, that she'll get saved tomorrow. And again, Lord, thank you for your many blessings. Thank you, Paul. Lord, I'd ask you to pray for him also, Lord, just real quick, and that you'd save his soul. Uh, Lord, he wants to go out to lunch, and I just pray that you give this opportunity, uh, Beth and myself, and that maybe we can go out or just me and Paul go out, and, and Lord, that he would trust you. Again, Father, thank you for uh, a Bible that we can hold in our hands, and thank you for Solomon, Lord, writing what he wrote, and preachers preaching on it over through the years, Lord. I just thank you for the information that you've given us. What a blessing, Lord. We couldn't make it without it. Uh, bless the prayer service now, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.